Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast number eight. I am your host, Erin Rachel Doppelt, and I am so excited about this solo podcast. I will be sharing with you some rituals I use myself and that I share with my clients. This is all about life hacks and staying soulfully aligned. We talk about morning rituals, honoring the five elements, intuitive movement, the importance of breath and water. We talk about evening rituals, asana, coconut oil massages, how to prepare your body for sleep. It is an incredible one. Stay tuned. So happy to have you here. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast, number 10, featuring leading voices in 2019, supporting women to fully show up, connect to their feminine authenticity and truth. I am your host, Erin Rachel Doppel, bringing light to the marriage between Eastern practices and Western psychology, while encouraging you to show up for yourself and the world around you. May this be your time to shine. May you show up. I'm super pumped about today's guest. We have Lauren Brovarnik from 90 Day Fiance. Lauren, hi. Hi, how are you? So good. So happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. So tell us, what is it like to be Lauren from 90 Day Fiance? Just like, you know, every day I... I am just me. I I work a full-time job. I have a second job, which is maintaining my marriage, my husband, taking care of him. I cook, kind of. I clean. Like, I'm just like a totally normal person. I just had an opportunity and took advantage of it. So that's the life, a day in the life of Lauren. How did that even come to be? <laughs> so I watched the show before, like, it was on for two seasons and that's when Alex and I met, which we'll get into that in a minute, but I'll tell you my roommate at the time was like, Oh my gosh, you should definitely write to them. I mean, you and your boyfriend, you've been together for like a year, like you've got nothing to lose. And so at that point, him and I were considering going through the K one visa because of like everything we went through. And I was like, you know what? All right, fuck it. I'll do it. And I wrote to them this whole spiel on how I met my husband on birthright. I married my medic. He's kind of like a Jewish doctor, you know, all that stuff. And they wrote back to me. And I remember, and at this point, Alex and I, like on paper, we were engaged, but not physically because I hadn't seen him yet to propose. And I remember like calling him and saying, hey, so I'm going to write to this show uh, this is what it's about. And they didn't even have it in Israel at the time. And he was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Like they're never going to write you. Well, like a few weeks later, I'm like, so honey, they want to interview us on Skype. So you need to be up at like 4am to do this interview on Skype. And he was like, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, they're really interested. And then I remember like, I don't know, a few weeks later, so um, we're going to meet in Canada and you're going to meet my parents, my family, um, and we're going to be filming because we got the show. And he was like, wait, <laughs> what just happened? Like this guy from Nazareth Elite Israel all the way up in the mountains was like, what? What is happening? So um, it happened. We met in Canada, which we, that was our first episode that ever aired. No, the second one, because the first one was me talking about it. 
And um, at this point, like we weren't even approved. We didn't know. And he gets off of like a 13 hour flight. It was his first time flying to this side of the world. And boom, there are cameras right there. And he was like, oh, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but that's actually a very true story. And uh, that's how we got it. That is so wild. It's insane. Listen, my mom always said, if you ask, you get. If you don't ask, you don't get. And my dad always says, better to say I'll never do it again than I wish I did. So I did. I actually listened to my parents. That's amazing. Our parents can be so wise. But when we're teenagers, they don't know anything, of course. So, <laughs> so you met on your birthright trip. I, we met on my birthright trip. Well, actually... I was a participant back in 2011, and then in 2013, December, I staffed my first trip, and I wasn't even supposed to be on that trip. I got moved on to it five days before because the original staff, co-staff, like something came up. So I got moved on to that trip, and that I, my parents said, don't fall in love with an Israeli man. They're so difficult, and like, I mean... That definitely stands true to this day, <laughs> but I'm no, I'm no peach either. But I did. Um, I remember getting off with a plane, and I was just like, "Whoa, who are you? Like, if I'm gonna hook up with somebody, it's gonna be you." And sure enough, like I ended up marrying him. <laughs> and it was so it true. instant connection? Not at all. Not at. I was like, "Whoa, you're so hot!" Oh my god. I and I don't even. I just think it was the whole like. Israel, we're in Israel, he's our medic kind of thing. And like, I certainly wasn't gonna hook up with a participant because that's not allowed, but like he's staff, I'm staff and he's smoking hot, so why not? And it was the accent, oh my God, his accent, which he barely talked at first, so, but nobody can get a word in with me anyway, so. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And then during the duration of the trip, you just had all this time together. Yeah, you know, it's funny because our, our co-staff and our very good friend, Skylar, who he actually got me on the trip um, and he was in our wedding. He like said to me, you know, like towards the end of the trip, he's like, I really see like our medic, like kind of like becoming like protective of you. Like when we're doing hikes, everybody looks for him and he's right there with you. Like if you're going somewhere, like he's not far behind. It was just this kind of like this natural universal pull to each other, if you will. Um, and I, I can tell you the exact moment that I knew I was going to marry him, the exact moment to this day. I can't, I mean, I can't explain the whole thing, but I, and I have an answer for everything and to this day, I can't explain it, but there was a night when we were in the desert in Mitzvah Ramon. We were like in that crater and we were all on our trip and we had some free time. And him and I went to look at the stars and he brought a blanket and a jacket and another jacket to like cover me. And we literally sat there for two hours, just looked at the stars and didn't say anything and had the best time ever. And I was like, what, what is happening? What is happening to me? And I, th I thought, like, at first I was like, oh, my God, he's going to push me off of the crater. Like, so, of course, like, I brought my phone and an extra phone and a flashlight. And, like, I was like, listen, if you're going to do something, do it in broad daylight so people, like, know. And he was like, I think everybody knows who you're with right now. And I was like, Shit, he knows me already. And that was it. And I remember I, I said, I called my parents. I said, I'm extending my stay for a week. 
And my mom goes, who is he? And I, that was one of the most nervous calls I've ever made to my parents because, you know, here in America, we have such a horrible misconception of what Israel is. Like they think it's this war zone and, and it's, I actually feel safer there than I do here sometimes. And I was like, I can't explain it. I really think I'm in love with this man. Like, I think I'm going to marry him. And then my dad gets on the phone. Are you out of your mind? What is wrong with you? Like, you know, the typical Jewish New Yorker parents, you know, I mean, meanwhile, I'm like 26 years old at this time. I'm an adult. And I said, I can't explain it. And they said, well, that's a first. And that's why they were like so supportive of it. I couldn't, I can't answer to this day. I have no idea. Just, I just knew. That is so special. Yeah. Yeah. And for everyone listening, uh, Birthright is a 10-day free trip to anybody who is one-fourth Jewish. So you have one Jewish grandparent. And Lauren and I both, we have led these trips many, many times. Um, I have one coming up in July. Are you still leading trips? Uh, so I'm not, but I I really want to figure out a way to do something with birth, right? So obviously, the organizer that we both met on with Y'all Adventures, I would love to do like a, either a couples trip where we we staff couples or like make some like do more of a publicity thing where like, you know, I mean, people meet on birthright all the time, but like we have this platform. So why not? use it and have it be followed so people can see what birthright is you know maybe not for 10 days maybe for like a week or something but i would love to do that where we have a crew follow or we could just do it ourselves but like who wouldn't want to be a part of that yes absolutely and i think that'd be incredible publicity and like of highest good so and people to see that Israel is not what they think it is yeah yeah and definitely like a big part of my spiritual journey and I'm sure yours as well is living in Israel and connecting to the people and living off the land Mm, a thousand percent one thousand percent birthright changed my life obviously but even before that like going as a participant I came I changed my life it like helped me so how do you feel like you and Alex, did your relationship evolve because of the show? Uh, well, you know, before the show, I think we were very lucky because it's something we both wanted. Like you hear of like, oh, I fell in love with a soldier or I like I, I hooked up with some, but that wasn't us. Like at like when I left there, I was like, OK, so I'm going to call you when I land and and I did. And, you know, with birthright after a month, it starts to fizzle out and people go about their lives. But I wanted him in my life and he wanted me in his. So we really did keep in touch. And we decided to you know, apply for the travel visa, which got denied. So I went there and our relationship really evolved before the show in the sense that we got to know each other. He became my best friend and vice versa because it wasn't so much on a physical level as it was a spiritual, emotional connection. But now, like fast forward to now, you have the show. We didn't really know what to expect. And we were really rocky for a little bit. I mean, when you're on the show, I mean, you don't see what's aired until it's aired. And we didn't even watch it. We watched it after because we were so nervous to see 
how it's going to play out. And you realize, wow, all of that went into just this little segment. So, you know, we were not on last year. We were on for three seasons, 90 Day Fiance, and then two of Happily Ever After. And we weren't asked back um, for the last year, which I mean, I think is a blessing in a way. Um, we really got to focus on each other. So we have been, this is the best we've been. We are homeowners now, you know, we are just moving on in life as a couple and a family. So um, maybe there will be more of us in the future. We will see. But um, we just want to show people like that there are people out there who do this for the right reason. And if you are going through this process, for the right reason, it can work. And it's not easy, but you have to have patience and communicate. And I think with the show, there's such a bad stereotype now of, oh, they just want them for the green card, which has always been the stereotype with international relationships. But for us, we're a normal couple. Like we fight, we bicker. You know, we make love, we we do things together. We have each other only. We don't really, like, what's harder, being long distance or being with each other 24-7? Because we don't have a lot of friends here, so we really rely on each other for a lot. A little too much. <laughs> How long were you guys long distance? Over a year. I went there five times in a year, and we went seven months without seeing each other. It was the hardest, the hardest thing. How did you keep that relationship fresh and alive? Well, we were on different schedules. So <clears throat> I would come home from work and I would do my routine and they're seven hours ahead. So before I went to bed, I would call him to wake him up for work. And throughout the day, like, I mean, I would sleep through the night and he would wake me up in the morning. Like I turned off my alarm clock. He was my alarm clock moving forward every single day, Monday through Friday there uh, every Saturday or Sunday, depending on his work schedule, we did a date night where we would, you know, video chat or on Skype or something where we would stream a movie and we would mute our microphone and we would watch it together. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. And this is like pre WhatsApp video chat. Like we use Viber because that was the only one that had calling. WhatsApp was just texting at the time. So there were nights where if we were both on the same schedule, like he would get home from work and it was nighttime or whatever, we would sleep with Skype on. So it was like we were sleeping next to each other. I know it's so cheesy, but it worked for us. That's I encourage really people sweet. to do it. Yeah, it was really great. Long distance relationships can be so hard, but technology today is basically yeah. built to support oh. them. I, I don't know how we would have done it without the technology, but also there has to be commitment from both parties. You know, of divorce is 50-50, but a marriage is 100%, 100%, especially a long distance relationship. You have both got to give it your all if you want it. I mean, it's, it's not something that can't be done. Obviously, there are so many people that do it, but when you're in different countries, and you barely know the person at first and you're like, I'm going to marry him. <laughs> and you have all the skeptical people around you. It's definitely, it makes it, it made us want it more. Absolutely. Yeah. We defied the odds. Yeah. 
<laughs> really? And what are you using this platform for right now? So, I mean, I I have a a decent following on Instagram, which I'm really proud of. It's all organic. I would never in a million years pay for a follower. I wouldn't pay for a like. That's not who I am. Um, I think that people who do that, I mean, I don't think it's necessary, but that's my personal opinion. I'm using this platform. Also on Facebook, we've got 20,000, but I want to use my platform to show people like just because I'm on a TV show doesn't mean that's exactly who I am. People fail to remember that it's edited. Do I say the things I say? Yes. Is it in that context? Not always, maybe sometimes, but I want to show people that just because people are watching you and you're under a magnifying glass, you know, I make mistakes, but I also at the same time, like I shop on sale and I like budgets and I'm not a great cook. And, you know, I did put on weight and I do have Tourette's syndrome and I do have a job and I deal with depression and anxiety and fibromyalgia and I'm a human being. Like I, I can't let that get to my head because I have people telling me like what an inspiration I am and, and I'm not an inspiration. I'm just trying to use my platform to show people that you're not alone. Like I'm a human being and I'm a woman. So like we all, we all go through it. We don't always talk about it and I don't know why. So I want to be that person that says what somebody else is thinking. And this is one of the reasons I adore you so much and why I definitely wanted to have you on this podcast. It's so true. And I'll add all of Lauren's information in the footnotes. You have to check her out on social media. She, um, every Tuesday, she does Tuesday talks. And mm-hmm. it's like, you ha- tell us more about Tuesday talks. It's amazing. So a girlfriend of mine was just like, you know what, you should really start doing this. Like people message you, they write on your, your posts. So Every Tuesday between around 8, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time to like 8, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, while working, by the way, um, I do something called Tuesday Talks where all of my followers or whoever wants can ask me a question. And when I have the time, I will go through and I will answer some of them. Um, I try not to do the ones, oh, do you watch the show? Do you keep in touch with the cast? I try and do ones that are like, how do I deal with this? Or what is it like with Tourette's syndrome as an adult? Or where do you, what's your skincare routine? Or what mascara do you use? I want to do stuff that people like will actually use in their everyday life. Like they're not gonna, no one's gonna use every day that I do or don't talk to the cast. Like that's not relevant, I don't think. Um, And then at the end of the video, at the end of the day, I either do a video or I try and go live. It really just depends on the day that I had. And I try and squeeze Alex in there. He's just so stubborn sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But um, he's also at 100,000 followers now. And he's like, oh my God, I'm like, now you need to do something with it. But yeah, Tuesday Talks, you can ask me any questions. I also have a blog called I See Mrs. B. And it's www.icmrsb.com because I am Mrs. B, where sometimes people ask me questions in my Tuesday talk and ask me to write a blog, an article about it, which I've done in the past. So I try and tie it all in together where um, 
again, I just say what people are thinking. I don't know what the big deal is about talking about Tourette's syndrome or talking about body dysmorphia or talking about anxiety because we're humans and like nine out of 10 people deal with it. It is what it is. Yeah. And what was it like growing up with Tourette's syndrome? It was very hard because growing up, it's not, that's definitely not something people talked about at all. Um, And I think to this day, people still don't talk enough about it. And it's a lot more common than people think, not so much in adults or women, but, um, you know, I remember in high school, I got really sick with stomach problems. I'm a Jewish New Yorker. I've got all the stomach problems, the IBS, the colitis, the gastritis, you name it, sensitivities, whatever. So, and I know a lot of people can relate to that. So I got really sick from, I think it was a breakup, my first breakup ever. And I lost weight like that. And I was like twitching and ticking because that was a way for my body to release the pain that I'm in. And there were rumors circulating that I was on drugs because I dropped weight so fast and I was so fidgety. And I remember getting a call from the principal and my parents were involved and they were like, no, no, she's not on drugs. She's, this is what she has. This is her way of like showing it. Cause I don't scream or curse or like move. I just, I like to curse as a person. So that's nothing Tourette related. I just genuinely enjoy it. And so, um, I remember growing up and like that, I think that was like really the time where my parents like sat me down because I didn't really know. We didn't, we did not talk about it at all in my household. And, and because I'm sure I I, I don't know, maybe as a parent, you don't want to see your child suffer. I don't know yet because I'm not a parent yet, but I know for sure. I don't want to see my child suffer, but if they have it, you know, it could be worse. Thank God they're breathing and be healthy, but there's always somebody else who has it worse. And that is what got me through like my teenage years was just reminding myself there's always somebody else who has it worse. And even though, you know, Tourette syndrome isn't just the twitching and the ticking, there's so much more to it. And that's what I'm trying to bring awareness to now, because there are a lot of kids and teenagers and adults that have it. And there's such a misconception about it. It's horrible. Like, it really, it, a lot of it is psycho and that's psychological, but it affects your brain and your brain is the most powerful thing in your body. So what do you do when that's being affected and you can't control it, right? Absolutely. There's crazy, there's crazy like depression and anxiety and my OCD is horrible and insomnia. And I'm trying to tell people like there's so much more to it because I wish I had somebody to tell me that when I was a teenager teenage years are the hardest. I can't imagine going through it now the way I did then. Mm -mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And what you're speaking to, I mean, this is so much of what I talk to my clients about Mm -hmm. having these honestly human experiences that we don't always talk about. And definitely like, I love how you're using your platform to talk about these more sensitive topics and what are some of the rituals? Yeah. What do you use to help with Mm -hmm. your anxiety, help with your insomnia? Well, I definitely, I I take medication at night, nothing crazy, but um, I take a certain medicine at night just to kind of calm me down. And there are times where it doesn't even work. 
and I have to go in the other room because I don't want to bother Alex with it, like the restless leg syndrome. Oh my God, that's so annoying. Like you're constantly moving and then you're tossing and you're turning and you're like, why is this happening? But, you know, I have oils for days. I love my lavender oils. And I also have these like pink Himalayan salt crystal night lights that I keep on during the night to kind of get the energy. Sometimes it energizes too much, but um, so what I do, I just, I, I watch TV, honestly, which can be good and bad because it keeps you up. But there are moments where I'm just like, oh, I'm never going to get through this. And then I do. And I know oh, on to the next Michigas, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and definitely, especially for restless leg syndrome, try oh. magnesium. It's a life changer. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So magnesium helps relax the body. It's really good for sleep as well. I'll send you the supplement that I highly recommend um, after this call. Thanks. And Lauren and I actually met when I was teaching meditation at this larger conference. And I remember that was such a perfect way to connect. That was such a life-changing experience. I don't know why you just completely resonated with me. I felt like you were telling this story during a class where you were in India and you had done a retreat. And like for that moment in time, I felt like I was in India looking at like the sunrise, like sitting in my position. I, I don't know. I You totally resonated with me. I was like, whoa, she got to my head. <laughs> Amazing. Good, good. I'm glad to hear. Definitely. Yeah. So great. Storytelling, meditation, mindfulness, so incredibly healing. I felt like I was there. Now I want to go and like, I just wish I could. I have this travel bug lately where I'm just like, Alex, we just became homeowners. But what if we just like go travel? And he was like, are you out of your mind? Like, we can't <laughs> now. And like, it sucks because you have like reality versus like this dream world. And Oh, I just keep dreaming. Yeah. Well, if you want to come, I have Tulum, Mexico coming up May 2 to oh, 7. I love Tulum. And then I have India, January 2020. Oh, and I also have Israel in September. So oh, I'm going three... in August. If you do it in August, I can be there. But I Amazing. Can't... Yeah. So this is definitely a good, well, before you have kids, good time to travel. That's what I'm saying. That's I said to Alex, like, it's just us right now. He's like, yes, but we have really great jobs. And I said, I know, but... He's like, life doesn't end when you have kids. I'm like, I know, but a combination of us is going to be so difficult. And we joke about it all the time because we both have to have the last word and we're both super stubborn. And I say, yes, he says, no, I say, stop contradicting me. He goes, I'm not contradicting you. And I'm like, you just did. He didn't, just doesn't get it sometimes. So um, that's another thing I want people to see like, we're a real married couple. Like our biggest problem, like he's fishing right now. Meanwhile, I'm doing this wonderful podcast and then while my laundry is going and then I vacuumed and mopped already and then I got to go grocery shopping and then I got to go to the kosher market and then we have that we're taking my sister out tonight for basketball, but he's fishing. So it's okay. Amazing. Shabbat Shalom. What a day. Shabbat Shalom. Exactly. <laughs> he's having a real Shabbat Shalom. How's your Hebrew? Mm, I'm learning. Leia, Leia. Uh -huh, very slowly, slowly. <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah, Hebrew is hard. Learning languages is so incredibly hard. It is. And he thinks that it's so easy, but he grew up speaking 12 different languages almost. So like, 
he speaks Russian, Ukrainian, Hebrew, Amer English, and he's learning Spanish because in South Florida, you have to learn it. I don't know it, but he speaks to me in gibberish and I'm like, uh, what are you saying? And there are times where like when we go to Israel, oh, it's great. He will end up talking to his parents in English and me in Russian, Ukrainian mixed with Hebrew. And I just look at him and then he's like, oh, I'm getting so confused. And like, I think there was like one or two times where we got into a really big fight and he started yelling at me in another language. And I started laughing. What else could I do? I'm, I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and I'm so angry. And I was cracking up. I was, oh, no, he's, I'm very, very lucky. He's a real pain in the ass, but so am I. And that's, I think what makes us work is the, the amount of love and respect we have for each other. And the fact that we are with each other 24 seven and put up with each other still. I can say that's a successful marriage. Success, successful marriage. I'm getting all tongue-tied like he does. <laughs> Fabulous. Definitely. I totally agree. That's so healthy and healing. And yeah. let's say you had the ears of all the women in the uh -huh. world. What would uh -huh. you want to say to these women? Um, I would say what I always tell people is why live in the shadow of others when you can outshine them? And remember to tell yourself, I put the me in awesome. Because if you look at the word awesome, the last two letters are M-E. Beautiful. That's amazing. I need to have that copyrighted. I really do. Yeah. You need to print that out and put that on your mirror. That's on my blog. That's on my, my Instagram. That's everywhere. But it's so true. And... I would also tell women to take your own advice because we're really good at giving advice, but we're horrible at taking our own. I'm guilty of it. So I also think we're intuitive. Like women know the answer. Like you just mm -hmm. have to get really quiet, connect to yourself. Like what's occurring beneath the surface, find the meditation practices that work for you. I actually just launched a quiz, like find which meditation awesome. is best for you. And I'll put that quiz in the footnotes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's so many different ways. There is. And I think women, specifically women, forget to make time for themselves because as we get older, we become like the homemaker. Like we there's such an expectation as a woman in a household to get everything done. You know, the cooking, the cleaning, the laundry, the, you know, the dads are always like the cooler parent. I don't know why like dad comes home from work. Oh my God, dad. And like mom has been there all day, but like, I don't, I think we as women, their expectations of us, at least in my family growing up also, like both my parents work, but Alex and I are very traditional. That's just who we are and there's nothing wrong with it. But I think as a society, women are the multitaskers. Women can do 12 things at once. And we forget to take time for ourselves. And some people don't know how to meditate. Some people don't enjoy it. Some people don't enjoy yoga. But there is something that every single woman or person on this planet enjoys doing for themselves. And we don't take enough time to do it because sometimes we tend to feel guilty. Um, and we, as a, as a nurturing breed, like to you know, put others first for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I always say like, I always say I'm the CEO my parents wanted me to marry. 
and like be grounded in your rituals like connect to yourself yeah like be like incredibly gentle but you have to show up like you must Mm -hmm. you must show up for yourself and for yourself exactly people don't know how to do that I'm guilty of it I don't know how to do it I put everybody else first but you know for me putting me first is doing my social media is doing my Tuesday talks is you know buying myself that's what I tell Alex. I buy so much stuff. And I'm like, it's for my Tuesday talks. It's for this. Oh, we're going on vacation. Oh, I needed this jacket. So like I little things like that, but but I got it on sale. So it's okay. <laughs> Lauren, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so fun chatting with you. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I hope we do it again soon. Absolutely. Everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. Please comment below. Let us know what you think about this conversation. I'll add all the f- all the information in the footnotes. As always with podcasts, we need high rating subscribers and comments to receive good standing and to continue sharing wise words with women around the globe. So please comment, subscribe, share it with your girlfriends, rate us. We love hearing from you. Big love and looking forward to chatting again soon. Thank you so much.